just a matter of time, I suppose. Welcome to Watchmen Minute, where we take a look at the 2009 Zack Snyder film Watchmen, one messy t-shirt at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. I'm Eric Nash from Almost Famous Minute. And I'm David Hader. I wrote the frickin' movie. <laughs> Glad to have you back, David. Glad to be back. Uh, I, also, I, I co-wrote the movie with uh, Alex C. and uh, Zack Snyder as well. I don't mean to be snotty. I mean, I do, but... <laughs> yeah, credit where credit's due. That's... Well, thank you. So this is Minute 179, which starts with Vite blimps over Ground Zero construction and ends with the new Frontiersman editor complaining about world peace. <laughs> yeah, so obviously um, the splotch of ketchup falls <laughs> onto the smiley face in the exact same shape as the splotch of blood falls mm -hmm. onto the smiley face at the beginning of the... Um, uh, the movie and uh, when, on the comedian's badge and uh, and that's obviously the iconic image for the entire thing. I don't know, yeah. and I I love it because the the book is so is such a clockwork piece. So uh, you know, obviously, it's going to come back to the exact same symbol at the end, and there's so much of that that goes on in the book. And then I don't know if you if we've discussed this before if you've discussed this before but you know that that image of the blood splotch it sort of looks like an arrow mm -hmm. or like yeah. you know sort of a double arrow it's it's meant to mean the doomsday clock at five minutes to midnight right that the the hands of the clock are moving up towards towards the top and that's another brilliant little thing that mm -hmm. uh, alan moore and dave gibbons ran throughout the whole uh piece yeah, I, I love the, I love the callbacks to the smiley face and the blood splatter and the doomsday clock imagery throughout. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I feel like they don't they don't get to do as many references to it in the movie as you know. I think Dave Gibbons was certainly very clever at hiding them uh, in the mm -hmm. backgrounds of certain images or certain panels. I. Talked about the one just a few weeks ago where, you know, when Adrian says, I did it, you know, his arms are raised in that uh, V that right. matches up with the, the clock hands of the doomsday clock. So stuff like that. And, um, but yeah, I love getting the, the direct, you know, reference to it here on his, uh, Seymour's shirt. Well, and it sort of indicates that, you know, John was right and nothing ever does end. And uh, the clock is still ticking. You know, Adrian, for all of his brains, thinks he's put a stop to it. But uh, we're about to find out that that is not the case. And that in the sure. end, Rorschach's unrelenting pursuit of justice is going to topple him anyway. Mm -hmm. And destroy his plans. And possibly destroy the Earth. Uh, but, you know, what does Rorschach care? <laughs> Yeah. The streets could scab over and they could all reach up and <laughs> shout, help us. And he'd look down and whisper, no. Nice. Um, I want to jump back to the start of the minute. Um, there's a, we kind of, we, we see New York and we see all this construction 
And I think it might be the first time that we see blue sky in the movie. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, right. What I also think is really interesting about that is we see a big white blimp kind of almost, almost in the middle of the, the screen and it's going from right to left and it almost looks like it's pushing those because the, the, the sky isn't completely blue sky. There are some, some cloudy, you know, some big stormy rain cloud looking clouds on the left side of the screen, but it kind of looks like that white balloon that white blimp is pushing those those clouds away from the city. So, um, you know, maybe just a little uh, hint that you know, Vite is is cleaning up the city, and we see in this uh, this big crater that's now you know getting all this infrastructure. There's a, a billboard way down there that says Vite. So mm. I guess it's a Vite construction or Vite, you know, some some branch of yeah. Vite Industries. Yeah, is, clearly uh, Vite is profiting off of the uh, yeah the rebuilding yeah. efforts. Yeah. Um, also, the uh, are those the twin towers or are they? Yeah, I mean, so this is the twin towers be. in the in the background. Um, I guess in the far background. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. Uh, one of my favorite uses of the blimp is in Vite's office. Mm. Uh, he's talking to, I don't know, Lee Iacocca and the auto executives or whatever. And you see behind him, you see the Twin Towers and you see this blimp, but it's like a big fat blimp. And it looks like, it looks like a cartoon bomb and it's heading straight for the Twin Towers. And, I, and that mm. was a, a neat little thing that Zach had put in that yeah. sort of reflected the way Dave Gibbons would, would weave in subtext into his, uh, into every frame hmm. of, uh, of the book. So I don't know. There's probably, there's also probably some context here because it looks like the blimp is heading for the um, empire state building now. Hmm. And it's got a big point on it. So maybe, maybe he's trying to indicate that it's going to get popped and, you know, Adrian's, Adrian's plan is about to, <laughs> you know, yeah. blow up forever. That would certainly work too. Yeah. Maybe I'm just reading into it, but <laughs> that's what I get. Well, and I just noticed that there were a bunch of different uh, takes on the U.S. flag throughout yeah. this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pull down. <laughs> you know, just just some are, some are wavy, some are <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And and then and then even once we get inside the New Frontiersmen, this this. What what I mean I've I've always kind of for a while now at least with uh, throughout reading readings of the book you know uh, uh, thought this new, new frontiersman is is kind of a right wing and and even so in addition to the flag it does have the uh, POW MIA mm-hmm. uh, right poster or flag of some sort in the background as well. Well, they even tell you on that uh, billboard you know in your hearts you know it's right. So yeah, I think that that's not a no, I think that's intentional. Like, you know. well, that's that's in the book. There's a yeah. There's but there's graffiti on it. It says in your heart right. you know it's right, and then somebody writes wing underneath, mm. which I don't mm. think. Yeah, it, okay, yeah, it's not on there in this yeah. shot, but uh, yeah. But you also see the um, 
you see the uh, electric car plugged into the, <laughs> yeah. the side charging station, indicating that progressivism has won and the world is going to be a safe and loving place for forever and ever now, mm-hmm. which is not, but that's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the joke of it. Yeah. It's the, I like the seeing the electric car, which is the, it's the 2000 Honda insight, which obviously wouldn't exist, you know, yet here, but we know it's a alternate timeline. So they've, they've jumped the gun a little bit on the, on these electric cars, but right. I like that it, it, it goes back to the idea that when Vite is in the, the, his office with those, um, captains of industry, you know, yeah. Lee Iacocca and, and whoever else basically telling them that, you know, fossil fuel energy is done and my renewable energy is going to be the, the way of the future. And here it is kind of, you know, he's, he wasn't lying. Like here it is. Um, and I think it's particularly interesting because you have, um, there was one billboard that I, I only noticed going through this minute um, for this time around. And I only can tell that it's a reference to the book because in the book you have the billboard that says millennium. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's another like fragrance by Vite. Right. And it's kind of, I think meant to replace uh, nostalgia that we see so much marketing for nostalgia. And so I think it's, uh, you know, millennium comes around and it's, it's sort of, you know, the, the old ways are, are no more, you know, so forget about nostalgia. Here's millennium to a new, you know, new millennium, new future or, or that sort of thing. And then you see this uh, electric car and then even the taxi that goes past in the foreground goes, it's, it's an older taxi and it has a advertisement on the top of the taxi that says nostalgia. And then that passes by and you see this, you know, this electric car. And a new then, electric car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's the uh, cement mixer truck that passes by, and it's got a Vite logo on the cement mixer. Mm-hmm. So even that's like indicating that all this construction and building and rebuilding is happening. And then there's even one more electric car that passes by. It's like a silver gray Honda Insight as well. So, uh, yeah. Well, as I as I said last week, uh, if I can re- recall exactly what I said. Um, the uh you know the element of dr manhattan that i always loved is that he's becoming god but he's really just got the ego of a man mm-hmm. and adrian is kind of the same way or at least he's a man but he's got the ego of a god really sure you know and that your your whole point about millennium you know he's now changing the way the world looks at things we're no longer going to look back with nostalgia, now we're going to look forward to the new millennium, and he—it's all being shaped, it's all being built by Adrian. He, uh, he, you know, he theoretically does this whole thing for altruistic reasons, but he wipes out his, you know, his competition. He <laughs> creates the electric car. He's rebuilding all of New York. He's reshaping the world in the in the interests of Vite Industries, sure. and uh, and there's something so insidious and smarmy about that 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 really plays up rorschach's point 
you know, like, yeah. no, screw you, Adrian. Yeah, I know you say you're doing this for the right reasons, but you're really just doing it to make money and to self-aggrandize and, um, and it's all, and it's, and it's all over those, those frames. It's pretty cool. It kind of answers a question or a thought that I had if, uh, maybe last week, um, thinking about when Dan and Lori leave Adrian in Karnak, I think for, for a moment, I kind of thought, does, uh, what happens with Adrian? You know, does he just spend out, live out the rest of his days, you know, here in Karnak and, and just, um, but here, obviously, you know, he's, he, his presence is, is here in New York. And unless he somehow orchestrated all this, uh, rebuilding from, from Karnak. Karnak, or if he somehow planned it ahead of time, but you know, well, I'm he, guessing he's, he's, you know, he's still around, I'm guessing. Does he say, I think he says in the book, maybe he even says it in the movie, I, I don't recall, um, I will have died in the blast. Mm. Doesn't he indicate that he, he, I think in the book he indicates he, he would have died and, and, he's going to run everything from behind the scenes, or maybe it's mm. just, you know, when you rewrite a movie for a decade, it, mm, you tend sure. to have different ideas come up and I, it's hard to remember what reality is, but I definitely don't remember that from the movie. It's definitely possible that if that line was in the book, I could, I could, I could imagine that I could miss that, you know, that line, but I don't think it's in the I, movie. I, yeah, I can't remember if it was in the book or if I just wrote it at one point and then mm. it got cut or or sure. or whatnot. I think maybe maybe I made it up because I wanted it to seem a little more altruistic. Uh, mm. And you know, Zach probably cut it for exactly that reason that it's like no, you know, Adrian's going to take full advantage of sure. of this catastrophe, and which I think is a little more. You know, when 9-11 happened, it was essentially the the ending of Watchmen. Mm. And I probably said this uh, on one of your minutes. Um, the, I signed my contract to write the movie on September 10th, 2001. Uh, my first yeah. contract. And then the next day, this horrific thing happens. And that really impacted the movie and, and the way that it, it got made. And and the, the fact that it didn't get made for many, many years. Um and the thing about 9-11 was it did bring the whole world together for about four days. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was like, we love America and we're all on your side. And, this, yeah. you know, it was this incredible coming together and all Americans loved each other. And that was great. And then it just fell apart so fast. Mm. And um, so it, it, it kind of put a different spin on Adrian's brilliant plan, you know, sure. Adrian's plan relies on the fact that people will never forget. And the reality is, is that people don't remember what happened five seconds ago. You know, they don't, right. they don't hang on to anything. They just, they just, you know, they just go back to their messy lives and, and deal with things minute to minute. And then, you know, not, and that's, look, that's not a diss on the Watchmen minute. <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's good to focus minute per minute, but, um, but my point is, uh, something, you know, I, I believe I've been making a point in there somewhere and I stand by it. 
Sorry, I just kind of trailed <laughs> off. <laughs> um, actually, I was thinking about nine eleven. You know, obviously with uh, seeing this this big crater that's being rebuilt. Um, you know, I even called it Ground Zero in the kind of in our opening because mm-hmm. you know that's that's basically what this this is that's for what this it event. Is, yeah. And uh, noticing the American flag that is down in that crater, uh, it, it attached to part of the construction. Like I don't recall if that became a thing around nine eleven. The the flag, American flag, at you know at or on um, a construction site. But I definitely know it became a thing um, after that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just it struck me as I, I don't know if that was being done at construction sites, you know, before nine 11. So, right. But in here, obviously it would be happening for the same reason, even that, even though this is 1985 or possibly 1986 at this point, you know, I feel like this is definitely a few months later. So, yeah. Um, but it, it is, it makes sense that this would still be the case that people would be putting up the flags and, and yeah, Eric, I, I hadn't realized how many flags were really in this minute, but yeah, you pull away and you've got the, there's a painting on one, one part of a building that has an American flag and then like two hands shaking. And I think Mm -hmm. it's meant to be the uh, The image from the book of like an American flag and a Russian flag and two hands shaking. And there's, well, there's something underneath the, I'm watching the minute on my phone, so it's hard to see, but there's another Uh, flag underneath. Yeah, the American flag, and I don't know what that is, but it's kind of covered in shadow. So yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that's the uh, Russia. There's even a uh, American flag in someone's window, like just underneath the new uh, the New Frontiersman billboard. Yep. As we pan, you know, over the front of this building, there's that that flag, and so lots so much going on here even the pioneer publishing their logo is two p's backed up next to each other so it's kind of like the rorschach uh his like symbol that he has two r's yeah i can almost see that he kind of got his whole idea from Mm. that is is one i think one possibility i can see that right yeah yeah because he loves the publication so much yep (laughs) so funny I wasn't sure about. We also see the the storefront here uh, next to the New Frontiersman. We see Cohen's Cohen's Jewelers Jewelry. Um, I don't know if that's just a. It's not from the book. Um, it certainly could be a reference to Leonard Cohen, since you know. His oh yeah, music that's is, right. Yeah. Is in here, you know, in the movie, and then and we'll get it in the credits. So I don't know if if that's what it is or. I I would not be surprised. I think that's uh-huh. a that's a pretty good assessment. Um, so we want to go inside Pioneer Publishing, or I guess inside the New Frontiersman, and hear what uh, the editor has to say. One well, and one other thing I had I, oh, I sure. thought about with the shirt um, is just how plasticky it is. It's that it's that screen style printing. That's mm, yeah. you know, and it's very worn and faded through. Mm-hmm. Many, many washings, probably, and other mm-hmm. other things being spelled on, probably. No oh, doubt. Yeah. Seymour does not seem yeah. like a neat eater. I like that he he appears to be looking around for napkins, yeah, and right. then you can tell that he wipes his hands on his uh, on either side of his, his pants. 
and then gets distracted by his uh, his editor and gives up the search for napkins. Yeah, I think Seymour represents humanity. They, <laughs> yeah, not too bright, kind of a mess. They're continuing to push the doomsday clock forward, and mm. you know, unwittingly. Yeah. So here we have uh, the editor being played by L. Harvey Gold. And he is, right. of course, a one of our Canadian regulars, as we we refer to them, David. It's the several of the folks you know in the movie that have appeared on uh, on your X Files, Stargate, SG One, oh, yeah. yeah. Supernatural, uh, Smallville, like the longest running uh, sci fi shows you know ever. Um, he wasn't in uh, Smallville, but I think it still counts as our. Uh, uh, Canadian regular status. Yeah, I actually i i i did move to Vancouver for a few weeks at one point because I was so jealous of the resumes of all those actors. Because mm. if you lived in Vancouver, there were only like there were like twenty actors there, and they were in every single show. <laughs> sure, there were you know thirty shows shooting up there, and so you know you so uh, all these actors from Vancouver had these incredible resumes, and so I went and but then it was so rainy and. I, I just couldn't take it, so yeah, I, I, I went back to California. <laughs> I don't know if he goes by L. I guess maybe he goes by Harvey, but I guess L. Harvey Gold here. I, he he seems like one of those faces that I've seen in a lot of things, but I can't yeah. recall where. Um, he just has one of those faces. Um, well, he's clearly a you know a very effective character actor, and you yeah. you know you. Um, there's certain people like that, uh, and uh, you know, one of my absolute favorites uh, is um, oh, uh, 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 remind me, uh, the Hollis Mason, mm. Stephen uh, McCaddy, Stephen McCaddy, uh, which is terrible because I directed a movie with Stephen in it uh, called Wolves, and you know, you go up to Canada and um, it's it's not hard to find good actors, but it's hard to find edgy, mm. believable actors. So I mm. guess I am saying good actors. Um, <laughs> and the people that can really just come in and nail it, like Steve McHattie, Steve McHattie can do anything. And, and uh, um, so he's one of those guys that just, you know, if you've got a movie up there and you, and you're shooting with a Canadian content, uh, you know, to get the tax credits, which I was doing on my movie Wolves, we could only hire two Americans. And th that was mm. Jason Momoa and, um, and Lucas Till. And then everybody else has to be Canadian. And your second highest paid actor has to be Canadian. So, mm. um, so we brought in Steve McCaddy because he's just so, you know, he's so badass and he's so good as Hollis Mason. Sure. And, um, and obviously, Al, uh, what, what's his name? L. L. Harvey Gold. L. Harvey Gold is is yeah. another one. You know, you just you just look at him and you're like, that's a believable dude. You know, I, yeah, I yeah. buy him immediately. Which I don't always feel about all the actors and Watchmen. You know, some of them are. It's so hard to do a. There's so many characters in this movie, and you yeah. know, obviously they had to find a lot of them locally, and and uh, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's, it's, it, sure. Not to diss my countrymen, but I guess that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Edge it up, Canadians. 
Because <laughs> they're such nice people. I mean, the problem sure. is they're all so nice. And it's like, yeah. okay, but in an American film, and this is true, everybody's mm. an asshole. There like, you go. Like the mom is an asshole. The, everybody. It's just <laughs> like, I know you don't, you know, you might not fully grasp what I'm saying, but that's the case. In an American film, everybody's doing their own thing and they don't care how you feel about it. And that's what makes you know, American storytelling. And in Canada, sure. we're like, oh, no, we, we, you know, we, we don't want to upset you. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, we'll help you out of this jam if you need. And it's like, okay, well, you're not, you're not bringing enough conflict to this whole thing. So that's a little rant of my own. I don't know. From my own filmmaking perspective. No worries. Um, I think that's what I love about what uh, this editor is, is talking about. Like, you know, it's a great little button here at the end of the movie because after everything we've seen, all of our, you know, our heroes go through this entire movie, you know, this guy's complaining about world peace and yeah. because he can't write his paper anymore. Like what, um, That's it, right. I think it's, it's that great indicator, just like what you're talking about. Like, you know, um, people are assholes and you can't yeah. make everyone happy. And even, you know, with the end of war and, and, World peace is finally here. You know, this guy's like, what, what the hell am I supposed to write about? People are still bitching. And it's, yeah. yeah. Well, and it also is a great comment about, you know, Fox News and stuff. Like people, sure. some people just make a profit off of, you know, fear and yeah. hatred. Yeah, and, yeah. and when that gets diminished, that, that those opportunities dry up and people are going to bitch about it because that's yeah. what human beings do. And uh, that's why it's so hard to save them from themselves. Right. Well, and that, yeah. I mean, that thinking about that, that goes back to, uh, we had talked about, you know, uh, Adrian's plan, you know, to save humanity is to trick it. And because yeah. he knows that, um, you know, the world is full of people who don't want to do the right thing. They don't, they want to do the, the hard, difficult thing about living cleanly or, you know, living peacefully, they, they like to have their possessions and, you know, all their creature comforts and, mm -hmm. you know, and they won't listen to reason. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Adrian could, you know, go out and he could illustrate how climate change is going to kill them mm -hmm. or how, you know, this onrushing nuclear conflict is not good for anybody and no one would listen. No one listens now, you know? Yeah. I mean, some people do, but but uh, obviously we've got a bunch of people that don't and and uh, continue bombing headlong towards disaster. Yeah. Well, my note on the editor um, is that you know he, he's just he's just so much the typical one that you know as you say he is upset. He's upset that there isn't bad news. That it's that old maxim: if it bleeds, yeah. it leads. Right. And he doesn't have it. There's no blood except for the ketchup <laughs> on Seymour's shirt. And it's so, and it's so just, it's not even, it's mostly just annoyance that he can't get his job yeah. done. Like the, 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 the consequences of people murdering each other and everything just don't even enter into it mm. for him. He, he just wants to sell his paper and his angle has been usurped. Yeah. And then, and what he doesn't realize is he's about to get the scoop <laughs> of a lifetime yeah, right? because of poor dumb Seymour. <laughs> the, uh, my my last note for this minute is that I, f I think they missed a huge golden opportunity here. Um, when we we see Seymour 
and we can see behind him the f- the front door of this uh, newspaper, and there's an out to lunch clock on the front door. I noticed that too. What? It should be at five minutes to right? midnight, or it should be at five minutes to noon. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Or a couple minutes to mm. noon. It's yeah, no, it's a huge missed yeah. opportunity. That's a, that's a production design fail, <laughs> which you know in in minute one hundred and seventy eight is a grave disappointment. <laughs> yeah, or I could almost see if it was like if it was five minutes after noon, thereby indicating that it's right. like Ooh. you know yeah. now there's no the yeah threat. yeah we're so far past the threat we have all the time in the world to. You know, I could see it being that if if that was the case, I'd be I'd have been uh, happy. But it's like it's that would be interesting. But then it kind of undercuts the the clock hands sure. of the of the ketchup yeah. stain, yeah. which are still where they yeah. are. You know, we haven't really. And that's the point of the story, really, that, you know, for all your nonsense, Adrian, you didn't fix a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, how about we come back tomorrow and continue this uh look into uh what seymour is going to discover and and then uh i don't know maybe end the movie let's do it i can't believe we've come to the end uh where can uh all right well where can come back tomorrow i'm sorry i'm just blathering (laughs) uh well where can people find you maybe online and and blather along with you uh, the only place you can find me is on Twitter. Uh, it's my only social media. Uh, I'm at David B. Hater, H-A-Y-T-E-R, and come and join in the hilarity <laughs> because we have a lot of fun, uh, particularly if you enjoy uh, Metal Gear because that, for all of my accomplishments, that seems to be the one that people mm-hmm. know happened. Sure. So, so come talk about Metal Gear. And come over to at Watchmen Minute on Twitter and and talk to us too. Why don't you? Why don't you? What's your problem, yeah. dude? You know. But uh, we will we will be back for minute one eighty tomorrow, the last minute of I guess footage for the movie, and then and we'll have some credits to talk about uh, next week. But yeah, until then, who watches the Watchmen? We do. We do. We do. Was that a, a we do from Solid Snake? Yeah, he does too. <laughs> I watched the hell out of the Watchmen. Watchmen are over. <laughs>